Thanks for listening to the Goop Podcast, made possible by our friends at Chase Sapphire Reserve. When I travel, I use Goop City Guides and our travel app, G-Spotting, which I highly recommend you download if you haven't already. It's full of trusted recommendations for places to eat, shop, drink, work out, get a coffee, hang out with family or friends. I use it when I'm here in LA and feeling indecisive about where to get ramen in Koreatown. Another good hack for traveling or eating out is having a credit card that optimizes your points. With Chase Sapphire Reserve, you can earn three times the points on travel and dining wherever you are in the world. You also get $300 in statement credits annually as reimbursements for travel purchases. So whether you're taking your kids out to pizza, booking the honeymoon suite, or riding a train to the office, you're earning rewards. Learn more today at chase.com sapphire. When you are pioneering anything or introducing new ideas to the culture, you get criticized. You do? Yeah. <laughs> Did you hear about that? <laughs> I didn't find the one. I found someone I respected and we made it the one. In a sort of longing kind of view of love, people understand each other as if by magic. Nothing in itself is addictive on the one hand, and on the other hand, everything could be addictive if there's an emptiness in that person that needs to be filled. I now know that nobody changes until they change their energy. And when you change your energy, you change your life. I'm Gwyneth Paltrow. This is the Goop Podcast, bringing together thought leaders, culture changers, creatives, founders and CEOs, scientists, doctors, healers and seekers, here to start conversations, because simply asking questions and listening has the power to change the way we see the world. Here we go. Today's guest is a functional medicine pioneer and a very old friend of mine. He's also the first person who introduced me to cleansing and so many other elements of wellness. Dr. Alejandro Younger started his career as a traditional cardiologist. His own health crisis inspired him to explore functional medicine and ancient systems of healing. He eventually developed one of the original detox protocols known as the CLEAN program, which I've done a few times. What I love most about Alejandro is that he's a seeker and he'll never stop learning. This is evident in his new book, Clean 7, which combines principles of functional medicine, Ayurveda, and intermittent fasting into an incredible seven-day reset. Detoxification is one of the processes that, that gets impaired when energy is being used for other things. So you create the conditions, you support the liver and other cells nutritionally, you eliminate or, or, or remove as much as possible the toxins that you're exposed to, and the results are incredible. I'll let Alejandro tell you more about that. So let's get today's conversation. You, you are such, as you know, such a huge part of my whole journey into wellness. You, you really helped. You were a key player in, in this whole entire thing. So and now, it was so funny how we met. I don't even remember how we met. So you you were doing some press uh, visits and you were in a hotel room and somebody called me and asked me, can you go and see my friend and give her an IV 
vitamin drip. What and city was this? In New York. Okay. So I went to this hotel room. I don't remember which hotel. And which was the friend? Eric. Eric. Okay. Yes. So so the the your stylist comes out and says my name. Hi, how are you? And come in. And then your makeup artist Prema. Oh yeah. Hi, how are you, Ali? And then you come and say, Who is this Ali that everybody knows? <laughs> So we sat down, I gave you the IV, and we started talking, and I was really impressed because you knew so much about detox, and, 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 but you had a, a few questions, so then I gathered all the books that I had, and I UPS them to you. That's right. And then I read them all. And then you read them all, and then you had more questions, and that's how we started. That's so crazy. Yeah. Because I had, I had gotten really interested in the idea that we could. I think when my dad got diagnosed with cancer was really when I started to question, you know, living in, I mean, I know that, you know, doctor, like there are certain doctors that say, you don't need detox. There's no such thing. The body knows perfectly well how to detox. And I'm sure that was true 400 years ago before there were, you know, 80,000 untested chemicals in everything we eat, breathe, drink. And I, I really do think that we're living in this interesting point in time where people want agency over their health. They want to feel good. And the interesting thing about that first detox that you put me on was that I felt so incredible. I remember the first few days were really hard and that was the original clean program. That was before it was commercialized. I mean, that's when we were like measuring pills into little baggies. Yeah. Remember? Which, which you told me was so hard for you. So then I went to the container store and I bought you a, an <laughs> acrylic box. And then I, I got all these Ziploc bags and I divided everything into the little Ziploc bags. And, and Jesus, uh, I am high maintenance. Yeah. And you said, I'm not going to open 10 jars a day. You know? It so, was a lot of pills. Yeah. yeah. But, but, then, but then, that, then that became the standard for everybody. I said, I'm going to treat everybody like Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> Amazing. Yes. And then you made it into a, a product. Yeah. Yeah. It's been such an incredible journey. And I don't want to spend too much time talking about your background and how you got into this because you talk about it all the time and everybody can tune into your Goop Fellas podcast to hear your origin story. So one thing that I wanted to ask you was how do you approach, you know, like cynicism around alternative medicine? For a long time, I was in the closet. <laughs> you know, I used to I used to work in the hospitals in Palm Springs. I used to work in four hospitals, and then as soon as I finished my my rounds in the hospital, I used to run to WeCare and read and study with the with the founder there, who who's very knowledgeable, but she didn't know the science behind it. So so it she was, just knew anecdotally that people felt better when they were fasting just, and she just knew practically because she had been taught by chiropractors and colonic therapists when she was sick herself her story is a story of of the wounded healer right so so then she created this little place where her friends came and then she started experimenting on them and that's how it became the big deal that it is today. And I used to sit with her and she used to tell me, well, I read this book and look at this and 
look at this article. But there were there were good things. There were things from Ayurvedic medicine. There were things from naturopathy. But it wasn't until I stumbled upon the Institute for Functional Medicine that I really understood that this is pure science. That that whatever results we were getting by cleansing and detox, you know, with juices and stuff, were not hokey pokey. There was a real biological explanation, molecular explanation to what was going on. And and that's when I became really interested. And then I just didn't care anymore what, what the cynicist, you know, <laughs> said. I just I just cannot argue with results. I started getting incredible results with people. From changing their diets from 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 basically yeah, from changing their diet, from changing their minds, from inspiring them, from but but a big part of of the results that I get are from the understanding of what the detox processes are in the body, how they are impaired in the way that we live today in a modern lifestyle, how we are bombarded by so many toxins, and how to maximize and optimize and, and nutritionally support the detoxification processes in the body. Tell me a little bit about what what are those agents that we are bombarded with today? So everything that is not provided by nature, uh, every, every chemical that we put in our cosmetics, in our um, air, in, our, in the water, but mostly in the food that we eat, all these chemicals that go and and they even before they enter your bloodstream they start causing havoc because many of the products of the, of the chemicals that we put in the products that we eat are there to prevent them from rotting and what is rotting it's the growth of organisms so if something is chemically put there to prevent the growth of organisms it's an antibiotic it's it's killing organisms bacteria and others right so the moment that you put them in your intestines, they start killing your intestinal flora, your good bacteria. Then they go into the blood, and then they start causing all kinds of other problems. You know? Many of these uh, chemicals, and, and, and you said at the beginning that a lot of people say that detoxification is not necessary because the body knows what to do. Yeah. And it's still true. The body knows what to do. And miraculously, it knows how to neutralize and eliminate toxins that were invented yesterday. Our bodies are ancient, but, but even modern molecules. The problem is that the body needs certain nutrients in order to do that and certain energetic conditions. If you're exhausted from running or working, this or, or or from digesting all this energy is taken away from other processes right so detoxification is one of the processes that that gets impaired when energy is being used for other things so you create the conditions you support the liver and other cells nutritionally you eliminate or 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 remove as much as possible the toxins that you're exposed to and the results are incredible. Like what? First of all, you start turning the processes in the body 
turning off the processes in the body that were turned on in order to defend itself from the barrage of, of toxicity, right? And this toxicity is ca causing inflammation and, and many other problems, right? So, so this inflammation and, and, and mm -hmm. other chemical imbalances, hormonal imbalances, they are all there as survival and adaptation mechanisms. But when you remove the reason why your body, the thing that your body is trying to survive, then that survival mechanism is not needed anymore. So the body stops the, the machinery of you know, creating inflammation and everything else and can dedicate that energy and the resources to healing, repairing, right? So, so the, the effects, the results are seen and felt all over. Mm. In the gut, in, so, so mm -hmm. digestion gets better. In the skin, because the, the skin is very much a reflection of the health of your gut. So you, you, I remember you, you telling me, I'm glowing and my skin is, is so soft and your hair becomes softer. You better sleep. You have yeah, much better sleep. That's definitely true. Yeah, people lose weight. And, and more important than losing weight, what's happening is, if you look around this epidemic of, of obesity... One of the reasons nobody is talking about, or very few people are talking about, is the fact that the, the obesity, the generation of fat and the retaining of fat is actually another survival mechanism. The reason why is because 90% of the persistent organic pollutants, which is how we call these chemicals that are toxic, or, or POPs, or, or xenobiotics, uh, uh, things that are n uh, uh, negative from the outside, right? Exotoxins. 90% of these molecules are only soluble in fat. They're only lipophilic. Hmm. They're not soluble in water. The way that our body gets rid of stuff is through water. Through, through sweat, through urine, through feces, but it's all uh, water-soluble stuff that you can release like that. So the lipophilic, the, the fat-soluble molecules remain in the body, and because they are in the body and they're causing, you know, they are, they are a oxidants and, and ir irritation, I they cause irritation. So the body, in order to defend itself, retains and generates fat, to surround and dissolve these molecules within it to buffer the irritation. So, so then you're generating fat, and that's a big part of the, of, of the world epidemic of, of obesity. So when you, when you accelerate, when you optimize, when you maximize your, your detoxification abilities, then the fat is not needed anymore. People start shedding it. You know? What happens actually, talk me through a little bit, why, what actually happens in a detox? What happens to the body when you only are eating things that are easily digestible? Or tell us a little bit about like, what are the laws of detox and then what actually happens? Because of the way that, that we eat and because of the way that we live, there's, there's two big effects. One of them is we're loaded with toxins. The other one is that our detox processes are 
diminished in, its, in their strength because the energy is consumed by all these other survival mechanisms. So when those other survival mechanisms start requiring less energy and are turned off, and they're even turned off genetically. I mean, your, your, your genes are turned on and off. We know that now by the science of epigenetics and things that we eat and the toxins that we're exposed to turn your genes on and off. So the genes that are activating all these adaptation and survival mechanisms get turned off and, and the repair and the healing processes get turned on or accelerated, right? And this is the main thing that happens during detoxification. The body's trying to do it all the time. A detox program is not something new that you're introducing to the body. It's just creating the conditions for these processes to happen more freely or, or more effectively and then supporting this process nutritionally by understanding what happens in the liver cells. You know, detoxification at a molecular level happens mostly, but not only, in the liver. I mean, it ha 50% of, 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 of the toxins that we consume act, are actually detoxified by the good bacteria in the gut. So that's a big problem today that our detoxification ability is greatly reduced because mostly nobody has a, a good intestinal flora. So that increases toxicity already. But then the rest, once it goes into the blood, mostly happens in the, in the liver. Happens kidneys everywhere. And... In, in, but the kidneys are the, 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 the organs that eliminate, once the liver turns the fat-soluble toxins into water-soluble toxins, then the, the kidney okay. releases them, eliminates them, right? But in the liver, there are actual molecular processes that happen that we know really well these days, you know? They're, they're done by a set of enzymes, initially by a set of enzymes called the cytochrome P450 enzymes in the liver, right? And there's, there's a phase one detoxification, process and then there's a phase two detoxification process and those are are all governed or or affected by different enzymes right and 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 these enzymes are coded genetically so some people code for these enzymes some people don't that's when genetics comes in and can tell you about your detoxification abilities what things to to avoid and not and and once the, let's say a toxic molecule comes into the liver the liver cells put them through the phase one detox. The detox chemical result of phase one is a molecule that's even more toxic than the one that it just put through. So, so it's called a, a, an active metabolite. Now that has to go into phase two detoxification, right? So phase two is a bunch of, of processes called sulfation, glucuronidation, methylation, right? There's, there's very specific chemical reactions caused by specific enzymes that then get this active metabolite, which is even more toxic than the, the original toxin, and then that turns into a water-soluble, non-toxic molecule, right? So there's a lot of things to understand because if you are supporting phase one detoxification and creating a lot of active metabolites, but phase two detoxification is somehow slowed down and there are things that can slow it down and things that can speed it up. Like what? What slows it down? 
like for example grapefruit juice for example slows phase two detoxification now right uh, coffee actually activates it and oh, speeds good. and speeds That's it up. That's why I'm feeling so good today. All <laughs> detoxified from my giant coffee. So what what can happen is if you don't understand what you're doing, you can actually activate phase one or intensify phase one, reduce phase two, and then you get into an imbalance of detoxification, which is really bad. Okay. So it's not it's not not anybody can come and say, oh yeah, I got a detox program. You kind of have to understand. You have what to. You're it's, doing. it's a science. Yes. So when one begins a detox program and has to eliminate all the foods that are inflammatory or potentially inflammatory, right? So we eliminate caffeine, alcohol, dairy, red meat, everything processed, sugar, soy, corn, nightshades. Am I forgetting anything? Well, strawberries, oranges. There's oh, right, the, high sugar fruit. The, the reason that we eliminate the foods that we eliminate when we go into a detox process in my original uh, program was something that is derived from functional medicine, and it's called the elimination diet. And it's not only foods that cr- cause inflammation, but it's cause foods that cause any kind of reaction that is negative, right? allergies, sensitivities, acid forming, mucus forming, all kinds of different things that we're trying to avoid that will enhance detoxification. So when one starts to eat like that for a period of time, then what, what is happening in the body when we're eliminating allergens and inflammatory substances, etc.? All the energy and all the resources that your body would be using to maintain inflammation and maintain an allergic process, you know, because these processes, they're not, the body doesn't know how to get sick. The body really only knows how to defend, adapt, and survive, right? The failure of survival is is disease. Mm. So all the things that the body's trying to do in order to defend and, and, uh, and adapt they won't be needed anymore. So that's all the all energy that you save, right? And and with it, I mean, it's it's a complicated thing because, for example, eighty percent of the immune system lives around the intestines, right? So when the immune system is activated and inflammation is being generated, it's being maintained. What are the cells that are super active? Are the cells around the intestines? And when cells are super active, they need more blood. And they retain water, so you know people start bulking up, and you see people with bellies, right? It's so common today to see people that are walking around, normal legs, normal arms, normal uh, uh, face, and and but then you see a bulging uh, stomach, right? Mm-hmm. That when I look at that, I see an immune system that is turned on, and blood is going there, and. And the first thing that you see when people start detoxing is that bulging, those bulging bellies, they start flattening out. Because it's like when you work out a muscle, right, it it engorges. Well, the immune system is like a muscle working when when inflammation is being generated. And when when it's not needed anymore, all comes down, you know, it calms down and and, and it reduces in size. 
let's take a quick break to talk about one of our partners. Toomey has a soft side. Discover their new Acer bag collection in its pillowy pleats, satin finish, and crescent shape. Acer is the bag to carry for your 9 to 5 and the 5 to 9 plans that follow. Versatility, after all, is Toomey's signature. Shop the full Acer collection on Toomey.com or at a Toomey store near you. Okay, let's get back to the conversation. And now let's take a short break. One of the things that makes my job at Goop interesting is that most of our teams have different goals and objectives. But if there's a single through line that connects the various parts of our business, it's that we're curious about self-optimization. We're all trying to come up with creative solutions that help us get the most out of our lives, whether that involves resolving a fraught, intimate relationship or finding the perfect cup of coffee in a new city. For my content team, this means that our editors are constantly interviewing experts of all kinds about how they streamline, elevate, evolve, and simplify every aspect of life. And often they're going out into the world to try these recommendations themselves. For our travel and food editors specifically, this means they've collected an array of tips and guides to compelling places to see and eat in hometowns and far-flung destinations around the world. And because we're all about optimization, they've also searched and mapped out the best ways to get from various point A's to various point B's. One is with Chase Sapphire Reserve. With this card, you can earn three times the points on travel and dining worldwide and your points are worth 50% more when you redeem them for travel through Chase. So maybe you'll upgrade a flight, add a city to your road trip, or spring for that coveted dinner reservation. Visit chase.com sapphire to learn more. Okay, let's get back to the conversation. And so this new detox program that you have, Clean 7, which I'm very excited to try once I stop traveling is fascinating to me because I do think that for a lot of people, the commitment to the 21 day program seems like an emotionally and mentally like a giant undertaking. Although I do have to say, I still completely endorse it and love it. And I probably still do that one every other year. And I mean, you just never feel better than when you're on that program. Nothing will ever replace the 21-day program, truly, right? Because it actually takes 21 days for real things to happen, for certain things to happen, for habits to change. Not only habits of, of lifestyle, but habits of, of cellular functioning. But what I realized is that, as you said, 21 days is too much for most people. Mm-hmm. So, so few people in, in comparison to the people that need it were doing it that I wanted to do something for those people. Yeah, it's brilliant to do it in seven days. And the thing is that one week of the 21 days alone it wasn't enough because within the first week you may not be feeling that well. 
with the original 21-day program, right? I mean, most people do, but so I wanted to you do something. You juiced it up. I juiced it up. Intermittent fasting. Yes, intermittent fasting and Ayurvedic medicine principles, right? Because we we were talking a lot about all the chemicals and all the the, the toxins and the liver and, and and all these, but there's also an energetic aspect of of life and of detoxification that is way better understood by Eastern approaches to health, right? Like right. Ayurvedic medicine. Right. And this is why I introduced the, the dosha system of body constitution uh, determination mm. and, and trying to optimize things not only molecularly but also energetically. I recently did a um, intermittent fast thing, and it was it felt really intense. It was a real calorie reduction. I did the prolon thing, and I was reading a lot of research around intermittent fasting and how well it works for you know during chemotherapy and et cetera. I mean, there's a million examples now of, and you see everybody talking about it and and doing it. But I wanted to ask you what. What actually happens when we put our body into basically tricking it into starvation mode for however long? So, so I talk about this in, in my new book, Clean 7, right? Evolution is a slow thing. It takes thousands, if not tens or hundreds of thousands of years for things to shift as, as a species, right? And, and for, for, a long, for the longest time, humans were living on the planet as as the other animals the way nature designed it right and and if you look at other animals you see that all other animals are intermittently fasting they eat when they find food and they feast on it and then they spend the rest of the time looking for the next meal. Mm-hmm. And who knows, depending on, on what animal and what they eat is how often they eat, right? Meat eaters eat less often, plant eaters eat more often. But most animals on the planet living in the conditions that nature designed them to eat are intermittently fasting and feasting. And we were too. Until very recently in evolutionary time, right? It's only the last hundred years that we had supermarkets, right? So, so now we have food available 24-7. And our genes for thousands of years were feasting and fasting. And now they're only feasting. So we haven't even had time evolutionarily to shift our physiology in order to be able to be eating all the time. Because maybe when that happens, we'll eat and eliminate faster and not absorb everything, right? Yeah. But at the moment, our genes see things as thousands of years ago, which is what? This is your last meal for who knows how long. Let's slow you down, even put you to sleep when you feast, so that we can absorb as much as possible and store as much as possible. Doesn't know that you're going to eat 20 minutes later and you're going to snack another 20 minutes later, right? So, so when you stop eating for 12 hours, you know, or 18 hours or 24 hours, what happens now to our bodies? So, so the body goes into the fasting mode, 
right? And it starts changing things. One of the things that it, that it, that it changes is the way that it obtains and uses energy, right? Because when you're, when you're eating, there's carbohydrates and there's other molecules that can be turned into carbohydrates available for consumption all the time. But when you're fasting, then you have to go and tap into your reserves. And after a little bit of tapping into your uh, glycogen, which is carbohydrate reserve or, reserve or sugar reserve, then you have to tap into your fat reserves. And then you go into ketosis, which is another thing that's now in the, in the, you know, in the mass Public, consciousness, yeah. awareness, right? Everybody knows about the keto thing, right? But when you're intermittently fasting, you're intermittently keto, right? So that's one of the things that happens. But also, the, the you know, digestion takes a lot of energy, right? So when you're not digesting, that energy starts being redistributed, right? And think about it this way. When animals are in the wild and they need to get their, their, their next meal, they need to be active. They need to be walking. They need to be aware. They need to be awake. They need to, be, they need to have a, this sense of, uh, you know... Urgency, right? Urgency and be alert, right? So even, even this sense of uh, wanting to do things, right? As opposed to when you're feasting, you don't want to do anything. You, you, you want to take a nap. So all those, all those uh, things that I just mentioned, the alertness, all, all that happens as a result of not being digesting and your hormones now turning into, um, let's go find our next meal, right? Which in our, in our society, in, yeah, of course, we're always thinking about food and we're always finding our next meal and our next, next snack, but it mostly translates into, or can translate into, your willingness to do things in work and, uh, you know, with your kids and things like that. What is it about being in fasting mode that helps with our longevity and helps reduce disease? Well, we are not made to be eating and digesting all the time. And especially not eating and digesting and introducing all these chemicals and toxins. And, and so... so it is the same that we, we've been talking about, you know, the turning on of, of all these survival mechanisms. That, in the end, because inflammation is, is one, of the, one of the most basic survival mechanisms, it's turned on very easily when we're living the modern lifestyle. And, and I mean, you've recently read a book on inflammation, the inflammation spectrum by, by our friend Will, right? And, and that describes beautifully how inflammation is at the basis of most chronic diseases, if not all chronic diseases, even years before the chronic diseases show up and can be diagnosed, right? That is part of why this modern lifestyle, which includes never being in the fasting mode, leads to mm. disease and, and early death. What happens? So say, okay, say, decide, okay, finally, this is the week I'm going to put down my whiskey and my French fries and I'm going to do clean seven to give myself, you know, a break and a, and a reset. So what can I expect? 
in order to get yourself ready for it, right, you need to find out what your body constitution is or your dosha according to Ayurvedic medicine. And there's a questionnaire for that. And once you find that out, you That's would, in the book and probably online too, right? Yes, Somebody could find. Yeah. And once you find that out, you will know what other foods than the, one that, the ones that the elimination diet tells you not to have, what other foods you will avoid, right? And there's other things according to your dosha that, that, um, that can be different and beneficial. And then you basically start. And it's a shake in the morning. It's a shake. Supplements. Well, it's shakes and supplements and meals, but it ain't the same schedule anymore because we're building in the fasting component. And there's a fasting day, a whole day of fasting in the middle. There, yes, but it's divided in two days. So it's a, it's a, you, in, in my first program, you had what, what I call the 12-hour window, which is minimum of 12 hours between the last meal of one day and the first meal of the second day. In this program, we, go, we increase the 12-hour window first to 14, then to 16, then to 18, and then to 24. So you build up yourself to a 24-hour fast, right? And the 24-hour fast will be between lunch one day and lunch the next day. And what? So you're you... sleeping for many of those hours. That's good. And because you're already a, a, a few days in, your sleep is, is, is deep. So it doesn't feel that big of a deal. And what will happen to the body during the process of these seven days? It's, it's pretty amazing what happened. I mean, it, it's everything that, that, that you know and described that happened to you, you know, midway in, in, in the 21 days, but it happens sooner. Your skin starts getting shinier and, and glowing. Your, the whites of your eyes can, you know, start getting whiter. Sleep gets deeper. You got more energy. You're more awake. You're more alert. And what are the other things that you suggest to aid in the detoxification process if somebody's doing a 7 or 21 day or even a 3 day fast? Um, anything that, that will help you stay on course is good, right? So maybe doing it with somebody or with a group of people, that's, that's a, a, a good thing. But if you're doing it alone, also making sure that you're tribe knows what you're doing and supports you as opposed because you know every time you do something different people say oh i don't do that and then what are you doing you're crazy but so so your core group makes sure that they know what you're doing and they support you right and then and then things like sauna massages colonics acupuncture light exercise yoga there's a bunch of things that really really help mm-hmm and, and each one adds a little bit, but then it turns into a big total. I wanted to also ask you, for when, when you're not doing a program, so you're in regular life, a couple of questions. First of all, what are the most egregious things that we should just be avoiding all the time? So the, the, uh, ideally... Right, the way I think of the ideal would be imagine that you are living as nature designed you to live. Right, what, what would be happening? You wouldn't be eating anything that doesn't come from nature itself, so you wouldn't be anything eating processed. anything that's, that's processed. So, eat real foods, right, and then make sure that, that you eat 
whole foods that are as natural as possible, right? So if they're local and and in season, they're better, right? And one of the things that I I just came back from the functional medicines course on biotransformation, which is how they call detox now, right? Because what you're doing is transforming molecules into water-soluble molecules so that you can excrete them and eliminate them. One of the things that really uh, resonated with me was this concept that Diana Minnick, who I introduced you to, who's one of the right-hand persons to Jeffrey Bland, the, the you know, the founder of functional medicine, is about eating the rainbow and, 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 the, and how diversity really, really helps, right? So eating the rainbow means eat vegetables and fruits from all different colors, you know, from blue to red to yellow to... As opposed to what we're doing now, which is eating a white and tan diet right <laughs> so so the more biodiversity the more diversity in your fruit and vegetable consumption the more it will create biodiversity in your intestinal flora because which is different flora feed on different things yes, right? right yes so that's one of the things and and also all the nutrients that we we've been talking about that are needed for phase one and phase two detoxification really come from fruits vegetables and and Mm -hmm. nuts and seeds and you know and so you need to provide those Mm -hmm. whether you're detoxing or not right you are always detoxing your body's always trying to detox so you can even not being in on a detox program you can learn how to enhance and support your detox uh, processes in the body right intermittent fasting is one of the ways do you intermittent fast? Yeah, all the time. Every day? I never have breakfast. I don't either. I just never liked breakfast. Yeah. I don't try to not eat breakfast. You I know, just... this, this idea of breakfast, lunch, and dinner is an invention of modern culture and mm-hmm. society. And most of it these days is, is fueled by, by an economic interest, right? Imagine if everybody stopped eating a meal a day whole industries will go broke. I also think that, you know, different people with different physiologies, physiognomies eat differently naturally, right? Like I have never liked breakfast, but my husband, for example, if he doesn't wake up and eat something immediately, immediately, like he has a really hard time, he's starving and he's, you know, that's what gives him a brain fog and it would do the opposite to yeah. me. But you, you cannot even generalize it like that because it depends on what you had uh, the night before, at what time you had what you had the night before, right? So how early you eat dinner, what your physical activity is in general, Mm -hmm. right? So maybe in 10 years, Brad will not want breakfast because things would be, you know, different for him. It's not like he was born in a way that he, you know, he cannot function without breakfast. The way that he's living, the way that he's doing his activities, Mm -hmm. exercised, is, gives a result of now he needs breakfast in the morning. That's interesting. So what, so do you not eat anything? Do you have a tea in the morning? Do you have a coffee? What do you have before you eat at lunch? Um, maybe a juice, you know, but maybe a tea. Yeah, I mean, I'm into herbal teas these days. That's one of the other things that I introduced from Ayurveda. One of them is 
the use of this dosha system mm -hmm. in order to enhance detoxification. The other one is the use of plants, of Ayurvedic herbs, which are incredible in, in the way they function, not only because they give you the nutrients necessary, the antioxidants necessary, but because they even change things energetically. You know? yeah. They can turn genes on and off by themselves. Plants. Plants. Um, we know that already because we know that from foods, right? But these herbal, these plants, these herbs, do it in, a, in an intense way, you know? I mean, and everybody knows, like for example, turmeric is now the, the, yeah. the, uh, a famous, the, uh, the, the, the famous herb, right? right. And, 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 and because it turns inflammation off, right? So there are many different Ayurvedic herbs that do different things, you know, and the, mostly the adapt, I use mostly the adaptogenic herbs, right? They can do m wonders for the body. Yeah. And so what's your lunch normally? Well, the thing is, <laughs> I don't always do exactly what I know is best, right? right? But no, because we're human. Yeah. I mean, we're we're here and there. We do have incredible supermarkets, and sometimes yeah. yeah. So so I I try to eat salads a lot. I make I make really good salads, and then I add all kinds of things to my salad. I put different colors of vegetables, right? And then and then uh, and then I add a little spirulina, a little superfood from Dr. Schultz, a little bit of a of sea salt, uh, uh, olive oil, yeast, um, you know, nutritional, nutritional yeast, yeast, a little it's bit of a yeah. Bragg's aminos, and I start adding all these toppings to my salad that makes them super super charged. <laughs> but one of the things that I really really like and I eat a lot of is sushi. Even though, you know, exposure to mercury may be a problem and sometimes parasites, but I love it. Do you take any supplementation for that? I take supplements all the time and I rotate my supplements. I don't, I don't have one set of supplements that I always take. Mm -hmm. Your need for certain supplements change as life goes on. You know, for example, you may be perfectly fine for a while and so you're taking this set of supplements, but then you have something some some infection that needs antibiotics which really decimate your gut flora so then the 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 need for for different supplements will show up like you will need maybe an extra probiotic and may, maybe prebiotics and maybe glutamine to repair whatever damage you know the intestinal flora assassination gave you right leak a little bit of leaky gut and so you do that and then when you when you recovered from that maybe you go back to what you were doing before so i i rotate my supplements all the time but what they are are probiotics certain nutrients certain detox components right right, right now i feel like i've I've slacked for a while, right? So I'm I'm taking glutathione and 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 things to enhance my my detox ability. One thing that's also changed a lot since I met you. I mean, that's got to be 15 years ago I met you now. Mm -hmm. Was this idea of IVs or vitamin drips which people used to think were absolutely insane and now they're on every corner at least in Santa Monica, in New York, there's mobile IV services. So, and do you, st I w do you still believe in, in IVs? Yeah. But listen, it, IVs are part of the supplement, you know, 
world, right? And and I believe in supplements and I believe in IVs because there's a lot of really smart people that say that you're wasting your time and it's all all gonna go down in your urine. But 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 I believe it isn't. And you cannot argue with results. And I've seen incredible results from using these tools, right? Mm-hmm. And and IV vitamins are just part of it. The thing is that that vitamins only work or supplements only work when they're needed. Right. Right? So you have to have a certain idea of what supplements are going to be good for you in order to take them and benefit from them. Otherwise, yeah, they're just going to end up in your, in your toilet, right? So I've, I've given IV vitamins, IV drips to people that really needed magnesium or B vitamins and, there was, and the, the, the difference between before and after, even 20 minutes or, 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 or 10 minutes after you give them, it's incredible. And then I've given people IVs that they didn't really need and they cannot feel any difference, right? Well, it's still good for a hangover. Yeah. How can the average person know and get a better understanding of what supplements they might need or what's going on with their gut? I think we still live in a time where... You know, we don't have a ton of functional MDs proliferated all around the country. And I think part of the reason that this wellness movement is happening is because the consumer wants it, right? So what do you suggest for people who might not have access to a functional MD in their community and, and, and are concerned about, you know, low energy levels or brain fog or funny digestive issues? Like, where should they begin? Well, thank God for, for books and, and podcasts, right? So they should begin by listening to your podcast. And there's so many good ones, right? Like which ones? What else should good we be listening to? Goodfellas. Goodfellas um, is a Josh good Josh Axe has a great podcast. And there's, there's uh, Pete, uh, Chef Pete Evans from Australia. I, don't know. I mean, there's so many good ones. And, and, um, and, and there's really good books, right? But, but it still doesn't let you know what you're deficient in and if you have leaky gut. So what are the kinds of tests that somebody could go ask their MD for? Well, MDs usually are not uh, familiar with the tests that functional medicine doctors use these days. But there's laboratories like Genova and, and, um, that, that measure all the, the metabolites that have to do with detoxification with certain vitamin deficiencies with so so you you have blood tests and urine tests that you can that you can have done in order to detect what area you're deficient in mm-hmm. so so you know doctors data genova i mean there's there's a bunch of them and uh, and they're and they're really useful and and helpful there some of them are expensive but the the prices are coming down mm. and and um you know, eventually, I believe functional medicine is going to take over. So uh, until we get there. Can you define functional medicine? Yeah. So so many years ago, Jeffrey Bland started this institute of functional medicine, which basically grabs all the knowledge of Western modern medicine, but rearranges its approach to, to practicing it from a more Eastern 
philosophy or more Eastern point of view, which, which considers an individual within its environment, right? And, and everybody is different. So, you know, in, in, uh, in Western medicine, if you have an ulcer, everybody's treated the same way. But, um, but if you look at it from a functional medicine point of view, you may have different explanations. So depending on, on, on the patient is the treatment that you would get, right? So like what might be the explanations for an ulcer, some of them, in, if, from a more Eastern perspective? Well, stress, that there's also H. pylori, there's, there's um, problems with acidity. There's, there's different problems that can lead to an ulcer, but, but in Western modern medicine, an ulcer is an ulcer. And it's treated all, you treat the uh, symptom. You, you treat the, the, the symptom, yeah. I say that functional medicine is what happens when Western modern doctors start thinking like Ayurvedic or Chinese medicine doctors. Who are your peers right now that you think are doing really interesting work in the functional field? Well, I, I, all the people, all the, f the, the, the teaching staff from the Functional Medicine Institute. For example, I just spent the weekend with, with a, 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 listening to a doctor called Robert Roundtree and, and another one, Dr. Mayfield, Diana Minnick. All the people that teach in functional medicine are just outstanding. I learned so much from them. I love what they're doing. What role, if any, do you think prescription medication plays in the world of functional medicine? Because I know a lot of times, it's I think it's confusing for people. They think, oh, I have I'm on this prescription medication, and if I want to, you know, pursue in parallel a different path, like what do I do, or do I just give up because I'm, you know, on this? Prescription medic medication has its role. And, and thank God for it because sometimes it's life-saving, right? When you have a really bad infection or, or for example, with people with Parkinson's, advanced Parkinson's, it can help people survive certain problems. It can help people have a better quality of life or, or even bear their life, right? But I always say that ideally medications unless there are extreme problems that don't have reversal, right, should be a bridge to finding how to resolve the underlying cause. Because most medications are just masking or silencing symptoms. And symptoms really are the way that your body is letting you know that something is wrong with you. So if you just mask them and keep on doing what you were doing before, you ain't really going to the root of the problem, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. Some people don't care about it and want to keep continue with their life and take their blood, high blood pressure medication and see what happens, right? And it's fine. And thank God we have those medications. But, but uh, the way I try to use medications and many functional medicine doctors that I know is you use them wh while you need them and in the meantime, you try to look for the way that you can later drop them. And that's what I think is so amazing about this functional movement because it really is addressing the whole person, the whole circumstance, and I think... And the root of the problem. The root of the problem. Yeah, yeah. In, which in many cases, people can greatly improve 
if not completely resolved by changes mostly in lifestyle and diet. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Dr. Alejandro Younger. You can learn more about him on goop.com slash the podcast. Don't forget to pick up a copy of his book, Clean 7. And you can check out his Clean Program kits at cleanprogram.com. That's a wrap on today's episode. If you have a second, please rate, review, and hit subscribe if you haven't already. Don't forget to share the Goop podcast with a friend. And in the meantime, for more, you can check out goop.com slash the podcast.